0: Last time on Dice Funk,
1: Never have I been less amped about being part of a cool superhero team. <laughs> there are five
2: seats empty on the board now. That's half of the Valentine economy
3: that is up for grabs right now. They were just going to take Katarina's body and cremate it and there'd be no funeral. So you're like, Forrest, look, I've been going
2: through... And then (laughs) Diane just pokes you in the eye.
1: Daddy! Just on the record, I'm picturing you as like Power Rangers Turbo, but like, you do you.
3: (laughs) The five heads of crown wrapped around menacing over people with the words underneath overlords.
2: You and your friends are worth billions in TV rights, billions in movie rights, billions in action figures. I can't compete with that no matter how many
4: drugs I sell or how
2: many parties they have here, so...
4: Well, son, I'm sure later we'll be great friends will laugh about this, but I'll give you your space for now.
2: <laughs> the thing you're actually missing, according to our tests, is... villains.
1: Are we gonna go assassinate a robot assassin?
0: I'm gonna ask, how do you expect us to take out a target that is, is—it seems to be invulnerable to most conventional forms of attack, and your reply will be, that's not my problem, that's your job as superheroes to figure out.
2: I'm glad we're all on the same page!
1: general concept of tea please sponsor us
3: (laughs) tea itself
1: tea itself (laughs) tea itself
2: oh we brought it back to the world building very good professional podcasters all
4: yep
2: so where we last left the adventure you all are now basically corporate superheroes employed by the administrative branch to be pr attractions in the upcoming power struggle between the different branches of Crown Corporation. Uh, Superheroes are very big money. There's all kinds of uh, lucrative uh, deals that you guys could be leveraged for. And the first step in that is increasing your profile by taking down a villain. Specifically, Ash Conduit of Mercy is the first person you have been instructed to take down. I would add that not only do you need to take him down whether that means capture or kill you need to do so publicly so that it can be seen and appreciated by people
4: can i,
1: can I just can i just add to this like i love that crown as a corporation like the we signed this like a day ago and the pitch they gave us was yeah it'll be fine getting puppies out of trees and stuff and then the first mission they send us on is yeah go get that robot assassin
2: The weird thing about playing D&D is sometimes D&D has to happen.
1: (laughs) I know. Well, see, I'm not criticizing that D&D has to happen. I just, I love the hypocrisy of corporations.
0: See, see, Austin, you could have fixed this by just making us like rescue beholders out of trees or <laughs> stuff like that. Aww. But no, you, you had to go make this relevant to the world <laughs> and the plot we've established. It, it almost, How dare you?
1: It's almost like corporations might be slightly misleading about the terms of a contract <laughs> before they make you sign it. I
0: thought you were saying corporations would be or misleading when it comes to indicating that this is a D&D podcast. Um, <laughs>
2: yeah. We can make a canon that there was some downtime there where you guys did some menial stuff, shook some (laughs) hands, went to some uh, galas. Maybe maybe we'll get there, but nobody used their downtime for that. So it happened off screen.
4: Damn, I didn't know I could go to a gala.
2: <laughs> hey I say what do you guys want to do during your downtime and most of you are like oh, I want to check in on my friends and family nobody ever wants to be like I want to sword fight a raptor on the moon and It's like- I was
4: a poor person I ever even considered that my character could go to a
0: why, why would you sword fight with a raptor anyway I mean
4: Austin
1: I'm writing down sword fight with a raptor on the moon so that next downtime scene I, I can throw that back at you
2: well fuck me for making jokes I guess um <laughs> you guys don't have to immediately be off to find ash wherever he is because this isn't like a time sensitive mission necessarily so take your time getting there if you want maybe boring for the audience but if there's anything else you want to do let me know
3: i'd like to fight a raptor on the moon with a sword fight
2: <laughs> damn what a cool original fresh idea that rules <laughs> on, the rap- the
3: raptor has a hat
2: i'm adding on to your idea
3: what
4: kind of hat
2: you're like a genius chris everyone's saying it this season
3: That's what everyone says. Good, smart old Chris.
2: Do you guys want to do anything before you go after Ash? I was going to say, we need our awkward
0: silence quota first before (laughs) we could do anything. Might as well take care of that early on.
4: Well, I just need to sit here for a second.
0: (laughs) The question is whether Ash is still even in Valentine or not, or has he decided to move on to the next town to see if he can so, you know distrust within those corporate heads in the next town over but i it, that's the main thing i'm like that's the main sort of question number one because it's not like we can just go to ash's house knock on the door be like hey ash can you come out here for a moment so we could talk about her feelings and possibly stab you in public
1: chris were you saying you had a thing you wanted to do before mission stuff
4: yeah fight fighter after on the moon
3: Yeah, well, yeah, I want to do that, but we'll save that for, like, a a side episode. There'll be a secret extra podcast. You You have have to find it on the internet somewhere, yeah. I'm going to geocache it. There's four golden keys hidden on the internet. When you find them all, you get to unlock the podcast where you fight raptors on the moon.
0: All right, I thought you were going to say, when you get a pop-up ad indicating that you found the fourth key, (laughs) click on it, provide your personal information, and then you'll get access to the uh, special podcast.
3: Yeah, so the first key is at patreon.com dot slash recap. You have to you have to pledge twenty dollars or more, and then it'll pop up in a special part.
1: Welcome to Frog Fractions Three. Uh, here's here's what Frank's doing before the mission to go find Ash. He's going on his uh, his computer and trying to find the four keys. All right, cool.
3: So legitimately, though, before the mission starts or anything like that, like basically after we've left the vicinity of the administration bureau and everything else like that, uh, and we're like kind of walking outside the building, uh, Reese is going to kind of like reach into her, her artistry bag. I assume she has like one of those giant like satchel bags that's just full of stuff. Mm hmm. Because that's, I assume, what all artists have. I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm, I can't draw a straight line, so I'm very unaware of that that media. But she's gonna reach into it and she's going to pull out essentially like a replica uh, helmet from one of the Ultra Rangers show, and she's going to put it on, and she's going to turn to the rest of the party and say, "Y'all looking to start a revolution?" <laughs>
1: I'm I'm a little lost for words. That might just be the coolest thing that's ever happened. I've never seen anyone take a a, a helmet out of their bag not for the start of revolution.
4: I'm too high for this.
1: Do you, do you want to elaborate on this or because because right now I'm in a headspace of heck yeah that was
3: cool. Reese is going to lift up the helmet a little bit. She's like, it's just me. I I uh, you know I thought the helmet would help with uh with things
4: and and um. Did your voice just change?
0: Well, Ed, Ed talks, but his, his eyes shift, so it's clearly Marta speaking. He'll just say, Just just do whatever you need to be more comfortable with explaining your plan,
3: okay? So she's going to like shove the helmet back on. That's like a big thunk sound. And she's going to be like, I'm not much interested in Assistant Crown with all their work, and I'm looking to bring the entire system down, to be quite frank.
4: Your voice did change.
0: <laughs> That's part of cosplaying, when you're playing as a different character, but my question to you is if you want to take down the system, you're not proposing doing what, well, Cap or Ash
3: are trained to do with it, are you? Not at all. I don't want to bring it down the way that those people are. They have very misguided ways that aren't considering the innocent civilians who might be caught in the crossfairs. Instead of ignoring them, I wanna bring them in. Let them be the ones that'll bring this rebellion forward. It makes sense. (laughs) I believe it's time that we unite South Valentine under this promise.
1: I'm on board with the idea that we can't keep just following what Crown say, because that is not that is not a path out of this. Like, you know, when we were signing stuff, I I made I made my point clear that they have no exit strategy for us and we can't keep doing this forever because it's going to keep putting us in harm's way, but I want to be careful that we're not doing this in a way that they're going to see coming, because I've got a family to take care of and the last thing I want is a failed rebellion has consequences for those around it. I want to make sure that whatever we do, if we're doing something, it's something that Crown aren't going to see coming and it isn't going to harm the people around us if they don't come with us.
0: It's not like we need to worry about pulling any triggers anytime soon. I think the main important point here is that if I'm understanding your point, Reese. Uh, I'm sorry. Is that your is that your name, or are you going by a different name right now?
3: Well, y'all could just call me. Blue Hero Ranger for right now, I suppose.
0: <laughs> oh, of course, of course. So, uh, Blue Hero Ranger. If you, if correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the key problems that we with the other plans we've seen is that if you remove simply the top of a corrupt structure and you leave the structure in place, it will just plug the holes and then continue moving on. So, what has to happen is. You have to take it out from the bottom up.
3: What I'm proposing we do is take the entire system down. By rallying the people to bring it down. We're going to create a revolution.
1: Lofty uh, lofty goals of taking this whole system down are great, but do we... We need solid ideas if we're going to do this right. To give this
2: some sort of structure, think of it this way. If this was a video game, there would be a meter that you guys have called Reputation. And right now, it's it's starting to fill because of you stopping Katerina at the Supreme Court. But it has a way to go. And the administration branch's plan is for you to fill that up and then for them to cash in on it. But if you were to fill it up doing heroic things and then leverage it for your purposes...
4: Mmm. The long
1: con. My ex is a journalist. I've, I've got connections that we can use to get the word out. We, can, we could do something, as long as the people are behind us.
0: Well, you have to keep in mind, your husband also works for Crown Corp, and within one of the branches that we'll have to contend with in the longer term, since in order to, in order to use our influence or our advantage, we have to control the message... And we have to control the message against an entity that controls the police, that controls the justice system, and controls
1: the media. So, first of all, ex-husband. Second of all, uh, I'll worry about Alex.
4: I think this is all good and well, but also maybe we should worry about the robo-assassin.
1: Yeah,
3: I agree. He is a detriment to this city and must be stopped just the same as all these corrupt heads.
4: Let's find a robot assassin, and then let's take down the government.
2: <laughs> this is a good campaign.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, so uh, has anyone got anything else they want to do, or should I lead into Frank's possible idea for um for trying to track down ash?
4: Was it locate creature?
1: I might have been, might have been. <laughs>
4: I was pretty sure you had that. I was like I'm pretty sure.
1: I have locate creature, but what I'm thinking is um obviously I can't spam a level 4 spell slot over and over. I reckon he's got to be somewhere near. I think two step plan we get ash out. We dr- we draw his attention, try and try and get him to like come in for the kill and go like I'm going to keep an eye on you. I'm I don't want you talking. I'm going to keep keep you on my radar. That I cast Locate Creature. If he's within a thousand feet, that gives us the drop on him.
3: Wouldn't we just be able to ascertain his direction directly?
1: How directly do you mean?
3: Well, if I'm not mistaken from what you all have brought up, everyone who's used that Seraph Chamber is being
1: tracked by Aaron Aaron Aeronautics. Oh, Ooh, that is a lot smarter than my idea. Yeah. I like your thinking.
4: Coming in clutch.
1: See someone someone remembers stuff we're told. Go you. go you. <laughs> <laughs> Person who wasn't even there remembers the thing that we that we, we passed on to him. Thank you for actually paying attention, because we are not the most memorable people. Reese like pulls half the helmet up and she's like,
3: you're welcome, sorry, I didn't know oh, what a good idea. <laughs> and
1: then like don't back down. No, don't be sorry. You you you're actually remembering stuff. This is better than us. There's a reason we got called team loser for a while. <laughs>
0: I didn't bother bringing up that idea because I don't want to talk to Aaron for a while
1: in any case. I don't particularly want to talk to him either, but the impression I got from him is that he's listening to every fucking word we're saying anyway, so, uh... As you say that, Frank, your phone rings. Oh, 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 I wonder who's ringing.
4: (laughs) Is it Aaron?
2: Yes. Okay, I answer.
4: (laughs) Hey, bitch. (laughs) Hey...
2: Hello there, Team Loser. I have a script set up to comb all your conversations for things that might be relevant to my interests. It's uh... a.
4: Surprise, surprise!
1: Ah, I got caught so so caught off guard there.
2: First of all, I'd like to say my condolences on Cat Squared. She was, uh. Well, we are of a like mind on many subjects. Murder? (laughs) Hard work, I would say.
4: So murder.
2: <laughs> so casual murder. Regardless, uh, I perhaps have the information you seek, but I do not like transact such business over the phone, so you know where to find me if you require my assistance.
4: Is Doris there? What? Doris.
2: Oh, the secretary. <laughs> yeah. I haven't left my laboratory in several days, so I do not know if she is here currently. Would you like me to convey a message?
4: Yeah, tell her I say, hey.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I will do that.
4: Let me hear it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Aaron hangs up on you.
4: <laughs> I wanted you to hear you go, hey, but in that accent.
1: <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> hey.
3: So, do we know where we need to meet Aaron, then? What? Last I recall, it sounds like you all hit him in a truck in the middle of the desert. <laughs>
1: Uh well he's he's got a big company office I'm assuming that's where we go yeah
4: we've been there I shouldn't say that while I'm yawning yeah we've been there that's
3: in a different city
2: you guys are aware that the administrative branch took the armored personnel carrier that you stole from the military base and uh has redesign has refurbished it as the loser mobile for your needs
1: I was I was so excited to hear you say loser mobile. <laughs>
2: It's no longer de- desert camo. Now it's like red with like black or it's like black with red accents cuz it tests well with the uh teenage boy demographic.
4: Uh, I thought I was like does it look like the mystery machine?
1: <laughs> you say it tests well with the teenage boy demographic. Does that mean that Forrest is going to think it's cool?
2: Forrest would love the loser Mobile.
1: Oh gosh, I know how I'm turning up next time I go to see the kids. <laughs>
3: Can I ask an important question, Austin? Yes. Going forward, can we call our various missions in this sequential order uh, phases? So we're in phase one right now, and then we move into phase two and phase three and so forth. Is this a Marvel Cinematic
2: Universe joke?
3: Yes. I want to imagine that this is all the Marvel (laughs) Cinematic Universe that I'm getting to take part in right now.
2: First of all, yes. Uh, I saw some comments last episode about people saying oh like so is this a superhero season now and it kind of is but like this wasn't my intention was to switch genres entirely it's more about the way that superheroes are an expression of a desire in Mm. capitalist society if you actually look at the explosion of superhero films like the first big one in like the modern era was spider-man which came out a couple months after 9-11 and then iron man the beginning of the mcu came out a couple months after the uh the great recession like i obviously those were good movies and probably would have been successful but i i actually think that people's desire for superheroes is driven on, in a pretty significant mm. part by our anxieties with modern society and it's like we are so f- desperate <laughs> for these paragons in in this world that's kind of what's happening
4: that's why there's like 10 every year now <laughs> <laughs> We want to imagine
1: people that can just swoop in and use magic to save us from all of the terrible things around us.
2: Yeah, so it's not like we shifted gears so much as we've moved into the next phase. There was the yeah. despair phase, now it's like the hope phase.
4: Is this like the fucking stages of grief?
3: I call I call Captain America. Yeah,
2: well it's like literally what Reese is doing, which is using the persona of a superhero she saw on TV to give herself courage, which is yeah. kind of like mm-hmm. what you guys are
1: going to do for the populace
2: if that, if your plan works.
1: Uh, So, so, uh, Ed, um, considering he's he's already very aware of our conversations, uh, does that change your feelings at all on this as a plan? One, this was Martis talking. Sorry, sorry, I'm still getting used to it, sorry, sorry.
0: And two, I still have no real desire to talk
3: to Aaron. Reese's gonna, like, pull up her helmet and she's gonna be like, If you want, I can stay in the car with you and we can do, like, tic-tac-toe or something. I'm fine with walking in the building with the
0: rest of the team. I'm just not interested in talking with Aaron.
1: That's okay. Okay. Uh, In that case, to the Losermobile.
2: All right, you guys get off the subway in North Valentine, and actually a bailiff from the court has brought the Losermobile to the station for you guys. What does he look like? Uh, Handsome. What's his name? uh chris <laughs> thank
3: you oh i like what's his race handsome person uh-huh oh he's my favorite <laughs> breakout npc does he have a good dog
2: god damn it are you trying it feels like you're trying to fish to be like the new lauren where you just say something off the cuff and everyone loves it so you're just gonna start throwing things out there i
3: just want to know who this bailiff is i wanted to create a character mm-hmm. um
2: so actually speaking of characters are you guys gonna bring george with you i just want to know where he is currently
4: Yes, he's. I gotta let him go on vacation every now and then. He's gotta come with us, so he gets worried. Beep boop. I'm Mission Control now. Beep boop. That's his code name. I thought his code name was beep boop. But C N T R L. <laughs> beep boop. I'm a hero now. Uh, he gets a little eye mask. <laughs> Like Robin.
2: (laughs) Um, Cool, first of all. Second of all, the bailiff actually gets out of the car, and uh, before he walks away, he hands Lenora one of the batons she requested. Fuck yeah! You don't have proficiency with it. It is objectively worse than every other thing you could possibly do, but you asked for it, and they don't have any reason to say no.
4: It's just for Flair.
2: I'm just saying, he hands it to you. Thanks. (laughs)
4: Thanks. <laughs> Chris the handsome
1: man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fucking Christ.
1: Austin, can I can I do it can I do a straight up and down D20 to see how well I, I drive the a field? Maurice
3: has proficiency in driving, doesn't she? She actually owns a car.
1: Oh damn.
3: Oh yeah. You guys have a driver
2: now. Before actually before we roll for driving, um, you do need to uh, attune the baton to your fingerprint, Lenora. Okay. Uh, And the handsome bailiff tells you the password is piña.
4: Like piña colada? (laughs) It's pineapple, y'all.
2: It's a tradition. There's always one reference to a password being pineapple in every season. Sorry to explain the joke, but it felt like uh, no one got it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I didn't even I didn't even get it. I so got it. It's okay.
3: I was just having a moment. I was like, Ugh. I thought it was Michael Pena, and I was like, what a weird reference, but I appreciate it. He's a very good actor. <laughs> Pena
0: is a very weird reference to make it this season.
4: No, the fruit.
3: I can feel the
2: energy on this call, and I know it's one of those everyone-owns-Austin days, and I'm kind of into it. <laughs>
4: getting owned is your kink (laughs) (laughs) it
2: really super isn't but if someone wants to roll to drive the loser mobile
3: now's the time uh so i get proficiency with it can it be said that i drive particularly safely and i could do a take 10 that doesn't sound very fun does it chris all right fine uh, twelve. So it's not bad. Yeah,
2: you do very well. Uh, so you start driving the loser mobile uh, with a twelve. You're not gonna have any accidents. You're not gonna hit any pedestrians. In fact, uh, <laughs> you start uh to leave North Valentine because to reiterate, what you guys are gonna do is go to Lion Hill to talk to Aaron, who should almost certainly know where Ash is because he tracks all of his employees and anyone who he feels is necessary. So he definitely has that info. Um, but as you whirl down the street in the loser mobile, you come to a red light. And you see crossing the street ahead of you is Blood Maw, Mm -hmm. the demon that wrestled with Katerina. And that would be one thing. Oh, you recognize this person. But there's something that stands out extreme. Besides the fact that it's a demon (laughs) just walking down the street in this modern city. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's something else that stands out to you a lot. And that is that the demon appears to be taking a bear for a walk. (gasps) Not just any bear. A big brown bear on a metal chain.
4: I'm gonna roll down the window <laughs> and go, bird.
2: yeah, he's gonna try to he tries to pull uh, Blood Maw, the invincible, the giant demon, um, off the crosswalk as they're crossing in front over to your car. And the light's gonna turn green and people start hawking.
4: Hold on, I gotta pet this bear.
2: Um Bird clambers up onto the side of the side of the mobile to try to get pets.
3: Uh, I'm going to try to pull over. <laughs>
1: mm <laughs> uh, Yes, okay. This is a, a good display. During this pandemonium, I actually want to do something as Frank. Mm-hmm. So just sat in the van. If it, Let's say there's a piece of paper and a pen or something nearby. I want to just try writing down on a piece of paper. Hey, Aaron, can you see what I'm writing? Oh. Is this a good way to subtly message you if I need to?
2: that's a very interesting question um i'm actually gonna say no Mm. um he is not super up your guys butt 24 7 like a total creeper Mm. he basically just has a tracker on you so he can monitor all your form stuff and part of that is there's just a lit there's just part of it is he can listen in on your conversations
1: that's that's the thing is i wasn't actually having any intentions of privately contacting aaron it was Give give Aaron the impression, if he does get the message that I'm, I'm doing it to, like, ah, you know, it'd be useful to be able to, to, you know, sneakily talk to you if I have to. What Frank's actually trying to do is ascertain, if we want to talk about this Aaron situation, can we do so in writing without him picking up on it?
2: Yeah, no, I love it. It's very smart. So, yeah, you, you have ascertained he really only listens to out loud verbal communication.
1: Okay, that's super useful.
0: Who's in the back of the vehicle out of the four of us?
3: I call shotgun. Uh, I'm driving.
0: <laughs> so it's Frank and, uh, uh, and Ed slash Mardis. One of the things is that lo- uh, I was going to point out is that like in the meeting with the administrative branch, um, the mage hands are sort of persistently active and Ed is still sort of like sitting there eyes solid to indicate they still sort of in Mardis mode right now as he watches Frank do this.
2: Yeah, so it just you guys can say like if you ever want to have a conversation about Aaron, you can just say like this is a stealth mode or whatever, so it's fine.
1: Incognito. So back back to petting the bear.
2: Yes. Yeah. So uh, Reese pulls off the road awkwardly. You guys are like in the middle of the business district in North Valentine, and people in really nice cars are honking at you and yelling stuff. A lot of it very rude. Um, and <laughs> you guys. Get on halfway onto the curb so that Lenora can pet Bird, who's you know, making all kinds of good bear noises. Yeah. FYI, bearskin purr, it's super important to me that everyone knows
4: this. Yeah, no, it's, it's really good.
3: Does Blood Maw the Invincible have a real name that he goes by? Or because Reese would have some kind of relationship with him since she met a lot of the wrestlers back when she was with Katarina. Does Blood Maw go by a real name or is he like the Undertaker where everyone calls him by his wrestler name?
4: Is his name Jeff?
3: So
2: Blood Maw has a name. It's in Abyssal, the language of the abyss, which is where demons are from. It's unpronounceable with human mouths. Wow, well, same. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> so I could be like, hi, Blood. How are you doing?
2: Yeah, he goes by that. He's First of all, he, he is a being made of literal evil. He's not going to be mad <laughs> if you're rude. He's kind of over that. But even if, yeah, that is what he goes by. So he says, mm. hello, Reese. I heard you were with. Alistair.
3: Um, yeah, it's sort of uh a gig that I wasn't expecting, but uh, I think you know some good stuff might come out of it. How are you? Very
2: good. New job. He holds up the chain.
3: Oh, that's cool. You get to like walk a pair. That sounds really exciting. Are you not wrestling anymore?
2: Saturday.
3: Oh yeah, right, 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 right. Right. Um how's how's everything at the promotion? Not good.
4: (laughs) Oh, can I have your bear walking schedule just for no reason?
2: (laughs) Uh, Floodbowl looks to everyone else in the car and says, fair warning,
3: Beatrice. Beatrice demands you pet the bear less.
4: Fuck off. No,
3: (laughs) Beatrice will take the remaining seats.
1: Someone's going to take him. You do your thing, I guess. (laughs)
2: You don't understand I saw her Kill a man with a single word
4: Oh That's spooky
1: Beatrice has tried to have us killed before We'll (laughs) we'll cross that bridge when we come to it (laughs) We've had many people try and kill us In fact we somehow are still here
4: Like cockroaches
1: Exactly No matter how much (laughs) you try and squash us We continue scurrying around
2: I respect your warrior spirit.
4: Seriously, uh, bear walking schedule?
2: He just holds out his phone. He pulls his phone out of his pants and, like, gives it to you to, like, look at his calendar or whatever. (laughs) He doesn't care.
4: Yeah, now I know when I can meet the bear at all times. Yeah. Secret bear meetings.
2: (laughs) You uh, You can schedule a hookup for pets. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he tells you guys he's working for Beatrice now. I mean, he's a free agent. He does all kinds of stuff. You guys know he does debt collection and wrestling uh, part-time, but his new gig seems to be working for Beatrice, who he, he seems very confident is going to win the power struggle between the branches of Crown.
4: Uh-oh. If,
1: if Beatrice is, you know, coming directly for us, a heads up would be nice, you know, but we'll we'll manage.
2: You guys can tell him that you're not worried and that's fine. He's just giving you, he's giving you a heads up as a, you know. I'm not sure. I'm just not sure
0: what else we could say the moment.
1: Yeah, Frank's like right now response is just, if if it's imminent, if like Bo's like today coming for us specifically, then like, let us know.
2: (laughs) No, Bo does not think about you. You are nothing to her.
1: Well, then we're good. We are good. Oh, good. Great. Yeah. Completely thought, uh, completely not a thought for us. It's just how I like it. <laughs> mhm. Okay.
2: So you guys gonna s- say goodbye and drive away?
3: Yeah. Well, uh Reese's gonna say, uh, talk to you later, bud.
4: Uh, say say hi to Wendy for me.
3: I will. Have a good day, Rat Woman.
4: <laughs> I'm a spoonish bird on the nose. Before he goes. <laughs> yeah. Right in the snout. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to bear bear noises
0: you 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 want to hear bear
2: noises what do you like stop acting like this is
0: just bear. austin here
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh drive away yeah blood pulls on the chain and says come along B," and they walk away um so you guys drive off across the desert on your way to lion hill it's gonna take a while is there anything you guys want to talk about on the way um i have here written in my notes that none of you have really confronted the fact that Most of you are now murderers. I don't know if that's this is the time, but that's a thing I have written here as far as conversation topics. I'm
0: pretty, I'm pretty sure that's one of those things you just sort of like look at every day while you're like late. I was like, most of my friends in my campaign are murderers.
2: (laughs)
4: Well, I mean, if I treated it like I treat things that bother me in real life, I just ignore it and take a nap and hope it'll go away.
2: Mm, That's a legitimate character choice.
1: That's somewhat where I'm at with, with, with Frank, because like Frank had his moment of he he killed a few people, and he did so in the moment, just like, uh, things are going wrong, what do- uh, uh, uh. I don't think like without something forcing him to, he's going to want to face that head on.
4: Lenar's going to be like, you know, is anyone else really disappointed that there's never any lions at Lion Hill?
2: <laughs> it's L- oh yeah beep boop it's l-y-o-n-h-i-l-l
4: i know you still think i'm not disappointed there's no lions there
2: <laughs> beep boop your mom's a lion
4: yeah she's great more lions <laughs> Okay.
2: beep boop fair
4: has george met my parents
2: i have to assume off care off camera you have poked uh all of your parents in the face with george and been like meet my friend
3: <laughs> okay Reese is going to say, uh, after like a while of like kind of sound, she's going to say, Um, so I never um, kind of fully apologized for everything that happened back at when Katarina and everything happened. I'm I'm sorry that I got um, kind of emotional there and tried to do something dumb. And I bit you, which I'm really sorry about.
1: Oh, it's, it's cool we we were all dealing with a lot that day like in the heat of the moment i I pulled the trigger that took cat's arm off like I pulled that trigger because emotions got the best of me so I'm <laughs> I'm sorry too I should have been more in control of myself.
3: Reese is, like, white-knuckling the, the driver, <laughs> the driving wheel right now, steering wheel. That's what they call it, steering wheel.
0: Uh, I appreciate the apology, Reese, but it's totally understandable. I, uh, I'm sorry that we couldn't have done more to help Kat.
3: No, I'm, I, um, I don't know if anything really could have helped her at that point. You know, I kind of think about it, but... I don't know. It's kind of hard to think about. I don't really know how to process your best friend also being a monster. So, you know.
4: Yeah, like, I'm sorry we didn't really... We just kind of threw you in there without telling you what was going on. That wasn't cool.
1: It's it's becoming increasingly apparent as time goes on. Just going, hey, I'm gonna be everyone's dad and make everything better doesn't make everything better. That's, yeah, that's a thing.
4: Love to be stuck in the car during awkward feelings.
1: Uh, feelings road trips are fun. You guys ready for the feels trip? Uh I'm ready to sit awkwardly with my feelings and awkwardly sit with them.
4: Lenara tries to pass a blunt around.
2: Jesus, <laughs> Reese
4: is going back. But they, you can't do. You can't smoke one of those. It's legal. They're gonna check the car. And they're gonna smell it. I do what I want.
3: Reese throws it out the window.
4: Oh <laughs> well, no! I pulls another one out of her fanny pack. The fanny pack now. <laughs>
1: Frank nudges over and is like, l- l- "Little puff on my little bit,
2: little bit. <laughs> it's like that wrestling gift where the guy takes off his mask and he's wearing the same mask underneath. Oh, Sting. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's just Lenora and fat blunts.
4: Fat, fat blunts. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm rich, can I be with the gold blunt paper?
3: Whatever you want, dog. <laughs>
4: yeah. Canon. Can
3: I control I control the windows, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, Laura Lenora's window is all the way down. <laughs> okay.
4: That's fine.
2: I think it's worth mentioning that drugs are kind of gray market. Uh, because Crown makes money off them. So they, they do want you to buy drugs. It's just, if you get caught, what they do is they fine you, so that way you paid for the drugs, which they profited off, and then they pay then you pay them for the fine. So it, it's illegal-ish, right? It's just, be stealthy about it or pay extra, is what happens. That's fair. Yeah, yep. Totally fine.
3: Can I turn on the radio? Is there a good radio <laughs> station in this area? Hank!
2: It's actually less dystopian than real life, where if you get caught with drugs, you have to do slave labor.
1: Yeah, like I was just stopping and thinking about that, and I was like, "Yeah, that's 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 bad." But at least, like you know, that might take away some of the negatives of you know, clamping a prohibition and how that doesn't work, huh?
2: The Thirteenth Amendment is wild. Yep.
4: Oh boy. <laughs> okay, back to the radio.
2: So you guys eventually arrive in Lion Hill and you make your way to the Aaron Aeronautics campus, which is very sprawling, um, almost Silicon Valley-esque parcel of land with many different buildings on it. And there is like a tennis court and a bunch of excess stuff that is all very embarrassing to Aaron, who only wants to do science. <laughs> uh, so you guys pull into the parking lot and... um. What time of day is it right now? I'm going to say it's getting to evening. So you see, people are leaving and the sun's starting to go down. So you won't be bothered too much.
3: Well, I turned the headlights on because safe driving. <laughs> oh,
2: God, Reese. Reese, you only wear the <laughs> mask when you need to gather your courage to talk about the revolution, right? Otherwise, you just look like a bucktooth elf girl.
3: Yeah, basically. So she's always nervous until she puts the helmet on, in which case she just pretends she's someone different for a bit. And she has courage. Mm hmm.
2: Alright, uh, Lenora, can you roll me a constitution saving throw?
4: Uh-oh, what did I do? Oh,
3: you've been smoking fucking blunts all day!
4: Ask somebody who smokes weed on the rig. I feel like in real life that would not constitute a constitution saving throw. It took
2: two and a half years, but the sting operation is finally completed. We got you, Lauren.
4: Hurry <laughs> okay, bitch! Oh, <fish>, everybody knew!
1: <laughs> gotcha. As someone who only does the legal things of the most law-abiding... Cough, cough.
4: Twelve.
2: Twelve. Okay, that's above average. So you feel a little woozy, but you're going to be able to hold it together through this conversation. Yeah. hmm
4: How dare you? <laughs>
1: yeah, like
2: you're taking it very personally that I would call your drug use into question.
1: It was me just oh, thinking gosh. you guessed at how drugs work.
4: Yeah, right? Because nobody
2: knew. Sometimes it's hard to tell because you talk about drugs like someone who's never done them before.
3: <laughs> He's calling you dumb. Don't take that. Fight him. No, no. Dunk on Austin. He said something mean about you.
4: I look like a baby and I sound like a baby. It's fine.
2: Exactly. She's like four feet tall and has a 10-year-old's face. It's just how she is.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a baby. I promise.
2: <laughs> grown up.
4: This is not the baby podcast. This is the baby cast.
2: Beep, boop, grown up. That's why I get for being the oldest person on this call here.
4: Enough of owning me.
2: Yeah. Oh, the tables have turned. Now who's getting owned.
4: <laughs> we'll see how long it lasts.
2: Okay. Well, okay. That was ominous. Um, <laughs> you guys get out of the car and you walk into Aaron Aeronautics, or at least the main building that you know Aaron's lab is in. Uh, Doris is there. Uh, she's like, looks very tired. <laughs> she has like a huge cup of coffee and she's like, hello, welcome to Aaron Aeronautics. Are you the people... Aaron's waiting for her. He asked for me specifically to greet you.
4: Um, I have a question. Did we ever establish uh, what race Doris is? <laughs> Can she be a lion? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So. okay, yeah, Doris, I've missed you so. <laughs> I don't know who you are. <laughs> We've met before. It was great.
2: Once. I meet a lot of people. I'm a receptionist.
4: Fair.
1: Yeah, we're, we're in for the meeting.
2: All right, so, I, gotta, I gotta nip this in the bud. These player characters who are starting to create NPCs that they can build around me. It's gonna be a lot to keep track of. I didn't
3: make Chris super handsome, you
2: did. <laughs> That's fair.
4: Yeah, you did that to yourself.
2: All right, so Doris waves you in. Um, She pushes a couple buttons and enters some passwords, and the first couple doors in deeper into this building unlock, but as you walk deeper into the complex, you actually see Aaron standing uh, in the hallway waiting for you. He's not expecting you to go deep into his lab where the iron soft is.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So what, 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 what would you want to talk, talk about that, uh, couldn't be done on the phone? Huh?
2: Well, first of all, social convention requires that important business is done face to face to look at each other in the eye and shake hands. I believe is the tradition. Second of all, what I require from you is somewhat physical and he actually just walks away mid-sentence uh, down a different hallway towards a different room that you've never been in.
1: Uh, for, as as following Frank responds, um, well, yeah, social convention might dictate that we do deals face-to-face, but social convention also, you know, doesn't suggest that you listen in on people's conversations without telling them up front that that's going to be a thing. So, like, you know, so I, I just assume social conventions were not necessarily your thing.
2: It's true that I dispense with traditions I find overly onerous, but I try to abide by them when it is convenient for all involved, and he just walks into another room and leaves.
4: Stop walking away!
2: He's expecting you to follow, but he has entered another room.
4: Okay, we follow, but it's rude. Yeah.
1: Convenience for all involved is, uh, not the serial I would uh, put having having to come on a big long drive, but, uh... Or source the thing, go on, get, 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 do it fast forward, get to the thing. <laughs> Alright, so you guys
2: follow him into this new room you've never been in, and, uh, to your almost certain surprise, you find that it is a squash court. I assume you guys are familiar with the sport of I have, squash. I
4: have heard of squash, but I don't know what it is, all I can think of is, like, gourds. Oh, jeez.
2: In,
1: in my mind, it's like tennis, but against a brick wall. Your opponent is a wall.
4: Oh, is that what that is?
0: It's basically highlight, but instead of throwing a ball as hard as he can and possibly dying when it hits you in the face, <laughs> it's done with like you know a soft ball and hit with rackets as a rich people sport.
4: Okay, do the non Floridians here know what highlight is? I've never heard of it, but <laughs> yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> you, you hit a ball against a wall with a with a racket.
2: Yes, as sketch notes, it is stereotypically considered a rich person's sport. Uh,
0: I, I, I know somebody when I was growing up who had a squash court in their house.
2: What? Damn. Yes. ha huh.
0: I didn't know it was a squash court until, like, years later. I was like,
2: oh, that's what that is. Yes. I, I, I have I, an idea for an IRL heist <laughs> for Floridians on this call. Talk to me after. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't matter, because the person,
0: one, that house is in Ohio, and two... Um, I don't live near there anymore, as you
2: might suspect. So, anyway, I don't have an idea for an IRL heist anymore.
4: All we have to do is go to Naples. There's, we can heist all we want there.
2: Yeah, I have stories. Anyway, <laughs> that's for my other. That's for my other yeah. podcast. Um, so you guys follow Aaron onto the squash court, which is a sport where you hit a ball against a wall very hard, and it's kind of like half tennis, <laughs> right? You're, how how hard? Very. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice in our world squash courts are encased in very uh tough glass Mm -hmm. um except the wall you hit things into and here it's hard light which is a sci-fi fantasy concept that i'm sure you're all familiar with it looks like light but it is in fact hard that was self-explanatory um (laughs) but yeah how hard's that light oh my very (laughs) very hard you need to keep asking how hard things are chris so i can just call this episode how hard
3: that's all. My, that's my plan.
2: So it's this is a pretty big room. It's like half a tennis court, but made out of light. Um, and there's a big wall on the other side. He doesn't have any rackets or any balls. This room is empty. And he walks. He walks in. Just kind of walks to the other end and turns around and holds his arms out of, to say like, "Welcome to my squash court."
4: <laughs> this is the bougiest fucking shit I've ever seen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he says. I did not request this room, as you can imagine. It's a perk for managerial taps, but I do like to come here to be alone sometime after those people are off to whatever exclusive clubs they go to.
3: We don't have to play, do we? Because I didn't do any stretches beforehand.
2: It is a shame that you did not stretch, because that may prove useful. Although I have no intention in challenging you to a sports contest, what you require of me is information about the whereabouts of Ash, the war-forged conduit of mercy, and I have that information. I can give it to you at any time, but I have been conducting experiments on all of you, as you are aware, as well as myself, and I have found that I cannot get proper data on my own capabilities, such as they are tested against normal people. So, my proposition is this. I wish to test my full capabilities against you.
4: Are you asking to, to duel? <laughs> to, 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 to duel?
2: I suppose that's as good as word as any.
4: God damn it. I don't, I don't... What do you mean by duel?
0: He means he wants us to fight against him so he can test his conduit power against us in its full force without any... Without holding back in order to properly understand what its implications are. Is that about the gist of it? Full marks, Modus.
1: Right. Well, in that case, bring it on. I'm ready. I'm r- I'm raring to go.
3: Oh, oh, I'm not ready.
0: In that case, one of us here doesn't have a conduit power, so I'm not sure if that's necessarily going to be an appropriately balanced encounter.
1: Oh no, no, I'm not talking about like all, like a bunch of us against Aaron. I, I'm I'm just talking me and Aaron. I'm 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 on this. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm I'm in the mood. I'm ready to go.
2: I'm sorry, Reese, we have not been properly introduced. He uh, he actually holds out a hand for you and says, uh, I'm to understand you are Reese Hickenbottom, uh, the superhero known as Rat Woman.
3: (laughs) I don't, I mean, there's not really a superhero name, but that's, yeah, that's my real name, the, the Hickenbottom one. It's family name. Do you shake his hand? Uh, She does, but she puts, like, a tissue in between. (laughs) And she does, like, you know, flu season right around the corner. Yeah.
2: Um, Reese, you have heard stories about this person, and you know that at one point he was missing a middle finger. He is not anymore. His hands are complete.
3: Oh, uh, you got your hand back.
2: (laughs) I sure did. I am quite modular. You also notice, everybody, that he is dressed in the same... Not the same kind of... Not the same robes you saw last time, but the same kind. Which is to say, he wasn't wearing... Hippie robes because he was on a vision quest in the desert. That's just how he dresses. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: Well, good for him.
2: Um, it's it's a lot of freedom of movement. He doesn't have to, have to think about fashion. It's just one one robe he throws on, and then he goes and does his science.
4: Yeah.
0: Nobody nobody questions it if you could kill them with yo know, one hand. You know <laughs> that that's a that's a perk of not only being CEO, not just corporate not just corporate executive officer, but corporate executionating officer.
2: So Reese, you are of course invited to join and if you want, you are not required though. I wish to test my powers against theirs to get the data, but you are invited. I assure you that this is purely scientific in nature.
3: Oh uh you know, I wouldn't want to mess up your data by not being um somebody who fights, uh, because I've I've never fought um ever. But, uh, you know, I could uh, help make sure everybody's okay afterwards or something. Or I could just draw a doodle sometimes when I'm nervous. Like right now I would be if it wasn't in this conversation. Right now I'm going to be in this corner. Bye.
2: I'm trying to upload an icon for Aaron to Roll20. It's not working.
4: He's too handsome.
3: That must be it. Just everyone go to Google, type MTG Tezzeret.
2: All right. So are all three of you guys going to fight Aaron?
1: Yes, uh,
3: I would like to propose one thing so it's like a squash arena right now, but I feel like we could zazz it up, we could zazz it up more. So I'm gonna have Reese cast a uh, hallucinatory terrain, which makes uh basically like a change how 150 foot cube length looks like, and it's going to look and seem like you guys are fighting inside of basically like a big boxing ring in a full stadium of people cheering.
4: Now here's the thing, is this a traditional fight or can it be a dramatic squash match?
0: Alright, so we're not so we're not gonna get Reese's special powers before the fight. got it.
2: She's aware, Rat, that's her special power.
4: That's fair, maybe.
2: Although, theoretically, if she gets her hand on a Sephiroth, she could always get a power. I'm not I'm not keeping that from Chris, it's just...
3: It also might be beneficial for us to not all be possibly always being tracked by Aaron at all times.
2: Alright, so, you guys want to roll initiative against Aaron? Alright.
3: <laughs>
2: uh, Reese, you use your magic to make the terrain into a boxing ring, but then you stand back?
3: Uh, yeah, but do you want me to roll just in case? Uh... <laughs> Or just pop in if (laughs) shit gets real.
2: So I think actually it would be dangerous for you to stand in the squash room. So uh, Aaron um, pushes a couple buttons on his phone and the wall opens up for you to walk
3: outside for you to spectate. So Reese will take the opportunity to walk outside and uh, try to find somewhere to to sit.
4: Don't accidentally touch the thing that gives you magic powers. Wink wink.
2: Well, that's in a locked room deeper into the complex that she doesn't have access to.
4: Oh, dang.
2: Uh, so the order is Ed, Frank, Lenora, and then Aaron. Ed, your turn. Um, just to be, just reset the picture for Aaron, if it's been a while. Aaron is a uh, decent shape, um, short hair. He has a kind of black Jesus thing going on. Um, he's wearing this loose fitting robe that's kind of billowing around him. He doesn't seem to have a weapon or anything. But you guys do know that he is uh, a cyborg of some type. But he's still
0: a humanoid. I'm going to assume, so this is mm-hmm. fine for me. Um, Martis and Ed, since the uh, mage hands are still out, will use their action or bonus action to get both pistols out, as they're both very preloaded, and both of them will just take shots at uh at um Aaron just to open up the fight here. Both attacks are going to be made with advantage. Uh, 20 for the first attack. 20 hits. Uh, I'm going to roll the other one just just to kind of set the dice up for this. Second attack is 24. 24 hits. Sneak attack will be applied to one of those. So the total damage will be... It will be 5d6... 37 damage to open up.
2: Nice. So he, there's a man standing on one side of the squash court. Uh, Ed draws two guns and just starts unloading into him. And as the bolts hit him, um, they don't kill him on the spot like they would if he was a normal human. But he does uh, get cut and bleed. So it does look like it hurts.
0: Cool. That's that's basically
2: all the rager shenanigans
0: done in a quick moment. But, uh, advantage on initiative. Advantage on attack rolls against people who haven't acted yet. And then the rogue stuff kicks in and then bonus damage against um, humanoids. So uh, and Ed will position will move to position himself so that he's not adjacent to the others just to kind of maintain spacing in case he tries to pull some sort of attack against multiple people.
2: All right, so Ed moves away, so there is an AoE. There's not that much room in the squash court, I'll say that, so it's going to be difficult for all three of you to get away, but Ed is sure fr- away from the other two. We'll establish that. And uh, Frank, it is your turn, but, but Aaron has something called a legendary action, which he can do at the end of other people's turn, and he will do that now. Mm-hmm. Um, he holds one hand up, it's palm outward, and you see underneath his skin... Uh, something begin to glow as if he is filled with machinery, arcane machinery. And you see in uh, in his palm, energy begins to gather. And you guys have seen this before with Katarina, who was able to summon water whips and the power of the desert storm using key is how it's pronounced Dungeons and Dragons. It's also pronounced chi mm-hmm. in other you know it's a chinese concept of the body's energy but he isn't doing it the way katarina did which is rigorous discipline with her body and soul mm-hmm. he seems to be gathering up ki with the machines that are in his body so he holds one hand out and his palm gathers energy and he fires a bolt of energy at you cool ed
1: i'm, I'm just throwing it out quick so he's he's one of the androids from dragon ball z <laughs>
2: Uh, I've only seen, like, two episodes of Dragon Ball Z, but it, this, he is basically doing a Kamehameha, if that helps. Yeah,
1: it's like a Kamehameha, but, like, mm-hmm. r- robot can do it. Cool. <laughs>
2: 19. Uh, Ed uses his reaction to employ shield, so it misses. Nice. So you block his energy blast. He's on the other side of the court, and he just, he thrusts his arm forward, and a, bl- a bolt of energy shoots out, and you block it with your shield, and it is Frank's turn.
1: Uh, Frank's going to cast Mind Spike as a third level spell. Nice. Uh, So that's a wisdom save versus 16.
2: 24.
1: Jesus. Okay, so you still take half. So uh, I still roll 48 because I did it at level three. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so you still take six damage.
2: All right, so you Mind Spike him. He takes that psychic damage as you hit him with a... What's the card for Mind Spike?
1: I've completely forgotten what the card was for Mind Spike at this point.
4: <laughs> brain freeze.
1: Oh yeah, brain freeze. Uh, Frank activates brain freeze and it's not a particularly bad one. Like Aaron could just like put, put his tongue to the roof of his mouth and it, <laughs> it it passes in a few seconds.
2: All right. And at the end of your turn, he's going to hit you with a key bolt as well.
1: Uh, Frank's going to try and use his protection power to deflect that away.
2: All right. So I need to make a wisdom saving throw to keep my attack. Uh,
1: Yep. Yeah. Fourteen. You do not pass at fourteen.
2: You have to redirect it then to someone else. So Aaron raises his other hand, energy gathers, he thrusts his arm forward, the bolt shoots out, and you use your protection to uh block yourself, and he's going to angle it at Ed again. Twenty-nine. Okay, that will hit. Woo! Twenty-four damage as that bolt hits you square in the chest. Christ almighty. Woo!
1: That's a lot. Okay, maybe I should have opened with the heavy hitting spells, huh? What? Why? Why,
2: why, do you think, why do you think Ed
0: opened with his barrage of gunplay there?
1: Well, I I was going with the like, if this isn't a crazy high level encounter, maybe save some of the big heavy hitting spells for when we fight Ash. But we're
0: we're we're, we're level eight characters fighting a solo enemy. <laughs> Who also could just rip people's heads off with one hand? Need I remind you?
1: I don't know if I'm gonna have to keep my spell slots active enough to fight <laughs> Ash after this. I wanted to. I wanted to try a thing first. You gotta
0: keep in mind also
2: that driving here takes like a day. I so. learned
1: the error of my ways. I'm gonna do the big spell <laughs> next. Okay. <laughs>
2: Yeah. I mean I like I said, I don't know much about Dragon Ball, but twenty four damage seems right for a Kamehameha blast. Yeah,
1: that that's that's pretty good. It's fine. Yeah. You
3: you haven't gone like Super Saiyan or Black or anything like that or Ultra Instinct, so you you've got room to improve. On.
0: There's a limit to how many of those he can kind of do, I would assume.
2: Uh Lenora, it is your turn. Okay. I like the lack of an answer there. Mm-hmm. Very nice.
4: So what I want to do is cast cloud of daggers on top right right on him uh so basically when he starts his turn he'll get 64 slashing damage
2: that's so many
4: i gotta do something
2: all right uh at the end of your turn he's gonna hit you with a kamehameha blast <sighs> i gotta stop calling them that he's hitting you he's hitting you with ki it's just the energy of a of
3: the self he hits you with a spirit gun 28
4: yeah that's fucking hits.
3: yeah you think he nails you with the rosin gun.
4: Please do not do too many damage to me. Twenty-six,
2: both max damage.
4: That's so many.
2: That is that is a lot of damage. For listeners, he is rolling incredibly well. this they, is not supposed to be doing this much damage off the top. This is just the dice.
0: Don't give your creatures damage dice that can do high amounts of damage and not expect them to
2: roll high occasionally. <laughs> I'm listen. Well, no, I'm not going to give that away.
3: <laughs> <laughs> is this becoming a more difficult encounter than you thought, Austin?
2: Good question, Chris. I love your question. It is now Aaron's turn.
4: Oh, well, yeah. Can I roll that damage?
2: Yes. So uh, roll me damage. He just gets... Or Do I need to make a dexterity saving throw or do I just take damage? It's automatic.
4: Nope. It's automatic. You have to leave the zone.
2: All right. I get shredded for 16 as daggers all around him start spinning into his flesh.
4: Yeah, get shredded.
2: I'm already shredded under the robe. What's up?
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and until unless he leaves the zone, which is a five foot by five foot cube, he gets uh, that many damage every time he starts or ends his turn in the zone. Yeah, he's
2: going to leave the cube of daggers. In fact, he is going to fly towards you, Lenore. And I say fly because he basically drags his toes across the ground as he oh, spooky speeds towards you as if propelled by some force, and you see his body wreathed in the same energy as whatever he's blasting out of his hands as he goes to punch you square in the face.
3: Yeah, this dude be a fucking Guilty
2: Gear character.
4: where all the dodge? Do
2: you have an AC for to dodge?
4: No, I want to roll. I know. Punch me, bitch.
2: 17. 17? God
4: damn it, that hits.
2: All right, and here's the second attack. He punches you again. 19 both hit
4: well i'm gone i'm done i'm fucking passed out on the floor
2: all right he flies across the squash court like i said he's barely touching the ground he's wreathed in this energy he punches you once in the stomach so hard you your feet lift off the ground and you like are bent into a c shape and then before you touch the ground again he punches you a second time square in the face and you fly across the court and slam into the wall can i
3: try to get back in or is the door closed?
2: There's hard light in the way. How hard's the light? <laughs> I don't know, Chris. How hard is the light?
3: <laughs> I'm going to guess it's very hard. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, as your body falls to the floor, Aaron says, uh, non-lethal, I assure you.
4: How upset is George right now?
2: Uh, where Did you see it in your backpack when you did this?
4: I assume I left him with Reese. Okay. Beep, boop, no! The oh, no. humanity, beep, boop! The cat-manity. <laughs> That cat
3: had a family beep boop. It's a catastrophe.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, Ed, it's your turn again. Ed's turn will involve him casting haste on his action mm-hmm. um, to increase his AC speed. Um, the mage hand will shoot at, at him. 11, which will miss. And then Ed will use his extra action to shoot as well. 16, probably a miss as well. Indeed.
2: Both misses. Okay. He is actually fully off the ground now, and he's just, like, basically spinning through the air, dodging your bullets. And then Ed, Ed will move
0: to the other corner of the room, away uh, from the others, but not in the uh, the cloud of daggers.
2: Yes, so Ed and Frank are on opposite ends of the rooms to minimize AoE damage. Lenora is unconscious on the floor.
1: I really should have done this the first time, but let's go with it. Gonna cast Lightning Bolt.
2: Uh, so I make
0: dexterity saving throw. Uh,
1: yeah, dex save.
0: What level spell? What level slot did you use for lightning bolt?
1: Uh, third level.
0: Going much higher than that is almost not worth it because of the gains, sick
2: gains.
3: <laughs>
0: oh, what are we talking about gains now. I guess I'm back. A fourth level spell slot only does ninety-six damage. So it's like so much more cost for not that much more power. <laughs> it sounded like you said damage. 22
3: damage you know i'm glad that with cat dead the good rolls had to go somewhere else
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so i roll those 8d6 anyway um mm-hmm. uh, 24 halved is 12 damage
2: yeah, so he raises one hand into the lightning bolt and has his other hand held at his side. And you see that although it's burning away at his robe and um, scarring his skin superficially, he's he's redirecting a lot of it to out his other arm and into the, into the ether. It,
1: it's it's not doing double damage because he's a machine man or anything? No?
2: No, he has... <laughs> like many people suggested, like, why aren't the uh, Archon troops hardened against electricity? It's like they just didn't think of it. He has thought of it.
1: <laughs> uh.
2: Um, so at the end of your turn, he's going to use a key blast on you. Frank?
0: Yeah, if you use your sanctuary, he gets to reroll the attack. So that's not necessarily
2: a good yeah, thing. Yeah, you better. know what?
1: I'm taking the 17. I'll take the 17 hit.
2: So he, he tanks your lightning bolt with one arm. And then with his other arm out, he kind of uh, lets the excess electricity fire off, just kind of into the room. He raises that arm up. It's still smoking a little bit as he gathers more energy into it. And then he... Thrusts his palm at you. Eleven.
1: Taking eleven damage, I'm fine. That's that's all good.
2: All right, Lenora, it's your turn, but you're unconscious. I can't do anything, can I? No, just what are you what are you dreaming about?
4: Um, you know how sometimes when cats are sleeping and they start like fake attacking things. Mm-hmm. Can I do that? Yeah. Yes.
2: Roll for it to be cute.
4: Did I roll to be cute?
2: D twenty. Wow, you're hideous. Uh,
4: I botched. <laughs> <laughs>
2: See, this is why we do comedy rolls sometimes. It's, it's, it's a good thing you aren't
0: rolling really death saving throws because. Right. Um, yeah.
4: What is it with roll 20 and the fucking botches today? It's so yeah, mad. So that, would, that,
0: would be that, that would be that one more unsuccessful
2: roll, you'd just be dead. But nope. Yes, it's not happening.
4: I'm drooling. It's not cute.
2: So Aaron's floating in the air now. He lifts both arms up to the sky and gathers energy in both of his hands and then pushes them together. Uh, forming a giant energy ball above his head. Uh, Make a dexterity saving throw, Frank. 18. Yep, you save. So you take half damage on this. I'm going to roll damage now as he drops this huge energy bomb, uh, the spirit bomb, if you will, on top of Frank. Uh, 40. So you take half, which is 20, as he drops the ball of energy on top of you, Frank.
1: Okay. I'm alive.
2: All right. So he blasts you with that. And now it is Ed's turn
0: three pistol attacks against Darren. Mm-hmm. Uh 10, 15 and 17 all three miss probably.
2: Yes, 10, 15 and 17 all miss. Yeah. So at the end of your turn, he's going to turn back and fire another blast into you, Ed. Crit.
5: <laughs>
2: 2d10 6 is the damage.
0: Uh 22 damage. All right. It's what he it's what he ends up taking. So Ed is still on
2: his feet though. Alright, and it's Frank's turn. You've, uh, barely survived his huge energy ball, and you see Ed get lanced by another, uh, energy blast.
1: Okay, um, Frank is gonna throw out Phantasmal Killer. Mm Mm-hmm. We're gonna, we're gonna try and, we're gonna try and scare that, 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 Aaron.
0: Okay, cool.
1: Okay, so, Wisdom Save versus 16?
0: 22, he
2: saves.
1: Okay, this is, this is, this is not going great.
2: Yeah, he sees that he's winning this fight, and he says, I have to admit I'm somewhat relieved. I was worried that I would not be able to measure up to all three of you, but this power is everything I had hoped for.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wishing in hindsight I'd asked for whatever power you asked for. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, and you see he has wreathed in this energy, and he, he streaks down out of the sky like a comet and goes to punch you right in the face, Frank.
1: Um, Frank's going to use the uh, deflection power
2: uh 22 so he succeeds.
1: <laughs>
2: yep. All right. So he is just rolling incredibly well. So um attack roll uh 26.
1: Yep, Frank's down.
2: No, 26 was the hit.
1: Uh he's going to be down.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah, 21.
1: Yeah, Frank's down.
2: <laughs> it's non-lethal, so no he's not he's not taking limbs he could, but he's not trying to. He just f- falls out of the sky and slams into you uh, with a fist right in your face, knocks you out. You fly to the, you just go skipping off the ground like a stone and into the wall.
1: It's all on you now, Ed, Ed and Maris.
2: It is now Aaron's turn. And Aaron lands and walks over to you, Ed, and says, uh, I hope you do not take this personally. Is that, does he do anything after that? Or is that, he's waiting for a response. Yeah, here's no, he's go, he's going to punch you. He's just waiting to see if you said anything. No. No, nothing? Uh no. Um 25
0: uh that will uh that will hit 18 which matches which drops him down to zero hit points exactly. Okay, so, so
2: actually what happens is Aaron lands after knocking Frank out, walks on over to Ed, says, "I hope you don't take this personally." And then he squares up with you, and with one arm he picks you up off the ground. He cocks his other arm back, and he says, Ed, modest, as you are probably aware, once before I had my revelatory vision in the desert and I began my journey to take over this company, there was another man who led this enterprise. Once I rose to the top, he departed back to his casino, where he makes a respectable living. Go there, and you will find Ash in his refuge The one place he feels safe in this world. I do wish you luck. And then he punches you through the hard light, sending your unconscious body flying (laughs) outside of the room. So uh, Reese, you want to say anything? You just see Ed get punched through the hard light and the room shatters. The actual entire hard light room explodes and your friend's three unconscious bodies are on the floor.
3: So I want to run up to where he is. uh, He being Aaron. And I'm going to cast a spell. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cast Zone of Truth, which uh, if do you know where uh, Pun Dog? Uh, it's like the the husky that does like the puns, and it's got like the adorable face. So it looks like that dog, but it has a little <laughs> message in front of it that says "Tell the truth." Uh-huh. So you have to feel bad to resist it. And uh-huh. Reese is going to go up to him, just going to say, "Um." So yeah, it was really cool. Uh, can I can I ask you a question? Of course, Reese. <laughs> So what what form did you decide to become a conduit of?
2: What do you think, miss?
3: I mean, right there, it looks like you chose to take the form of ass-whooping itself!
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, our language is a funny thing, Miss Hickenbottom. There are many words which uh, can be written and spoken very similarly. You may be familiar with the word desert. D-E-S-E-R-T. The barren landscape outside our Verador. You may also be familiar with... Dessert, D-E-S-S-E-R-T. Yeah,
3: like (laughs) strawberry shortcake. That's how you remember the difference between the two, because the strawberry shortcake is two S's, and dessert has Mm -hmm. two S's.
2: Yes, dessert, a sugary meal, usually eaten after dinner. And there's a third word, very similar, which usually only comes up in the context of the phrase, just desserts. But that word, dessert... It is the very concept of deserving. I deserved to win that fight. And so I did.
4: He's deserving itself? Dessert. Dessert.
2: Which is a word, it's just not used.
4: <laughs> when Leonardo wakes up, she's gonna try and lick him. <laughs> credits i love credits
2: may 2018
4: whoa a new month (laughs) that's that's what it is thank you you're welcome do you want to read me some music credits
2: i do overclocked remix is a person not a person what
4: (laughs) it's just one guy
2: it's just one guy no uh thanks of course, as always, to Overclock Remix, for the music, we used Transversion, an arrangement of theme from Ghosts and Goblins, and Badass, an arrangement of One-Winged Angel from Final Fantasy VII, as well as Redesign Your Logo by Lemon Demon, aka Neil Cicierega. check out his music. They're all very good. Thank you for every music, every single note. Wow.
4: Thanks, guys.
2: Also, other
4: credits. Executive Producers, I think. <laughs> uh-huh yeah. okay executive producers for may 2018 are joseph tombrillo
2: extellaris
4: kristine haslinger
2: aaron aeronautics
4: jesse young
2: devin smith
4: syvardin Akrasimova,
2: arna Helgadotter, helga brent the cult of gorfinax
4: paul mullen
2: dr goatman toshiro kuro andrew Grothen,
4: levi the young
2: kevin dobbins
4: anthony sever
2: Morgan Rap,
4: Andrew Falu, Condent of Mediocrity Itself. Puck. Loannis Soy My Name, Nicolopolis.
2: Aw, tin Oh, <laughs> is
4: that a joke <laughs> on my name? That's a joke on your name.
2: They wrecked me. Uh,
4: is that Joachim or Joachim? I'm sorry, Joachim slash uh, Joachim grunning. I tried.
2: Jerry Flowers.
4: Jaspel Singh.
2: John Barnett. Q Cumber. Hustlebones. Killer Cotton Chisnau. Nicholas Dominek.
4: Isaac Ayavalo, Yam. Um, yams are delicious.
2: That's not a name.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I can't make <laughs> jokes anymore.
2: Anna Michael.
4: Fuck off. <laughs> Andrew Birmingham. Jenna Helver. Uh, Douglas Williamson. The Most Wise Guru. Z23619. Quench the Void. A Darkable
2: Smile. Vizzy Huggles. Jay Logan, the cast of Dungeons the Gathering,
4: Madison McKenzie,
2: Notorious Stoltz. Victoria Melito, Scotty Villahard,
4: Aline,
2: Maz Jin,
4: Katerion, Wren, R. Johansson,
2: Carter Rayner,
4: Major Tam,
2: Matthew B. Hare,
4: Jorgen, please don't butcher my name, Austin wine
2: <laughs> i switched the order back there to get you the one that specifically called me out by name
4: oh, wait did you do that on purpose no did i wish i had me? though oh okay
2: joy fox
4: razuma yazura
2: albert west
4: ken firstall
2: eleanor nonante sees periton
4: scott cummings
2: starlight Glimmer did nothing wrong
4: juman jack
2: Melly tish
4: arjun de Koenig,
2: grimlock john potts dawson parr
4: noah Sudret.
2: Ziphas.
4: Elderly Goose.
2: Salad Child.
4: Sarah Stone.
2: Thorsten Gross.
4: Castor UK.
2: Aki Savalainen.
4: The Paladin's Wife.
2: Florian H.
4: Molstradomas. <laughs> <That's laughs> you the enjoyed favorite that one. The whole world.
2: <laughs> Junk 2.0.
4: The Had Cells.
2: Dominic Bowden.
4: Melissa Nielsen. Don. Evgeny Chai.
2: Connor Reynolds.
4: Pruitt Holcomb.
2: Artemis BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol. Francois V. Shyness.
4: Dennis Pancake-Jetlifson.
2: Miko from Finland.
4: Dennis Bankson.
2: Josh Mosier.
4: Andigo Vandane.
2: Anxiety itself.
4: Same.
2: <laughs> Big Mood.
4: Sydney Marzing.
2: Just a Jester.
4: Brady Warner. Kitty Fo, James Neely.
2: Marissa Donaldson. M. Joe. Lana Seawolf.
4: Toby Gleason-Stack.
2: Matthew Weber.
4: Melissa Booker.
2: Cameron Abbas, Dylan, Anna Stoolfar.
4: Sean, the host of Funk Dunk Plays,
2: Harrison Andrew,
4: Christopher Charlow. Jorit. Vigar Arnston,
2: Cody Jackson,
4: and August Rue. <sighs> well, we did it, even though you gave me a hard time.
2: I control so much more relentlessly.
4: I guess it's fair, because I feel like every week we own the hell out of you.
2: <laughs> That's basically the show.
4: So you gotta get yours in somewhere.
2: Also, thanks to all the people on the show, like uh, Skitch at skitch.bandcamp.com slash skitch.skitch.
4: Bandcamp slash sketch slash.
2: Skitch. Skitch.bandcamp.com <laughs> Skitch. is the real one.
4: <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to these because I'll feel really like <laughs> <that. laughs>
2: bad. Chris is at patreon.com slash weekly recap.
4: But Laura is Laura K. Buzz, and then also on Kotaku, which you know that.
2: Kotaku Gaktai Snarkner? Yeah. Kotaku.co.uk. Not the American one.
4: Which apparently is different.
2: It is. Click on that one. Who knows what you'll get Gita Jackson? Who? I <laughs> this is narrow <laughs> casting of the highest order.
4: Oh, ah, okay. Thanks to the many cats and I think one dog who live in the houses of all of us.
2: hmm Good animals.
4: Yeah. Shout out to Zelda and Anna. their goblins and Smudge, who sounds like a perfect angel.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, the show. It's at patreon.com slash Austin Yorsky. Oh,
4: shit, us. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and Google Play and iTunes and really everywhere. Is there anywhere it isn't?
4: I don't know.
2: It's on Podbean.
4: Yeah, that bean.
2: Yeah, and you can just like, like it and subscribe and comment and do stuff.
4: Tell Austin how great he is.
2: Nobody really knows what any of that does. I hear there are algorithms involved.
4: I love a good algorithm.
2: (laughs) A good algorithm really hits the spot.
4: Yeah, it really takes the edge off. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like every time we record credits, everyone's like, oh, no, are they okay? Let me tell you, we're not okay.
2: Yeah. (laughs) You think this is the part where we reassure you and go, no, we're five. No, actually, (laughs) we're dying.
4: Yay, death.